finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models of automobiles, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other things, you know, like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? At rockauto.com, you will save money. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Best of all, Prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com this is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. And I'm calling an emergency weekend podcast, an emergency Callahan podcast. Just too much going on. I got a I got I got I got things to say. I got things to say. Cam Newton is staying. Dale Arnold is going. And uh and we all got permission. We got permission to get together on the fourth of July. Well, not it, it's dependent on whether we behave, whether we do what we're told, and then uh our president is going to allow us to get together with friends and family on the 4th of July. Let's just hope. Let's just hope. I think it was very gracious of them to to uh, tell us that uh, we could possibly get together for a barbecue with family and friends if we follow orders. But first, we're going to get to this Cam Newton thing because it broke this morning. And I was sure of one thing after last Patriots season. I, I mean, I got to admit I was dead wrong about this because I was certain they were not going to bring back Cameron Newton. I I, I think he, uh, everybody liked him. I think he was a great guy. I think he was a good leader, a good teammate. He gave good interviews. He wore funny hats. I think it was an experiment worth trying. It didn't work. It, he was just not good. I hate to get too technical here, but he was just not good. And I was certain that they rolled the dice with him. They took a shot. It didn't work out. They won seven games. They missed the playoffs. They were uh, clearly, <laughs> they clearly missed uh, the greatest quarterback, the greatest football player ever uh, when they let him walk out the door and brought in Cam Newton. But who, by the way, is doing his own. Again, he's a team guy for the Bucks, saving them, what, $19 million? That's true. Uh, uh, Ten minutes after Newton oh, agreed to a deal, according to uh, Adam Schefter, ten minutes later, um, <laughs> Brady agrees to a deal to stay in Tampa. 
and uh, Gronk announces he's staying and Godwin gets uh, franchised and the Bucks are going to be one of the favorites to go back to the Super Bowl, if not win a Super Bowl. And they're coming to Foxborough next year. And I don't know what the line is going to be, but I think the majority of the fans will be rooting for Tom Brady. Unless something changes, unless Cam surprises us all. But I, I was, I watched, I think every snap he took last year, he missed a game. COVID related, they lost, they, they, he went seven and eight in his 15 starts and he was historically bad. In my opinion, he did, he couldn't do the two things that the quarterback, a quarterback has to do. I've said this for years, but you got to throw, you got to make accurate throws and quick decisions. Those are the two most important things. It's got, you know, obviously he's a great athlete. He's strong. He's tough. Uh, he, he won an MVP, went 15 and one in Carolina. He's got his attributes. I mean, he won a Heisman. He went number one in the draft. He's certainly a, a, a incredible athlete, but you got to throw accurately. You got to make smart decisions. He did neither. And I was stunned how bad his, how bad he was at passing the football last year. Um, in, and when you look at the numbers, it's, I mean, it's like, look, something you'd wipe off the bottom of your shoe. These numbers are dreadful. Eight touchdowns, 10 picks in 15 starts. Uh, would you care to guess? I know I've asked you this before, but not lately. Uh, Colin, you want to guess where he ranks in touchdown passes last season in the oh, NFL? Gosh, it's got to be. keep in mind, there are only 32 teams. Yeah, I'm going to say he ranked uh, 29th. He ranked 34th in oh. touchdown passes with eight and uh, trailing. I love this one, trailing a bunch of stumble bums, but he trailing um, Dak Prescott, who played five games. <laughs> Kim Newton played 15 games through eight touchdown passes, and he just got edged out in that category by Aaron Rodgers by 40 touchdown passes. Rodgers had 48. Cam Newton had eight <laughs> I mean, and trailing, you know, Nick, uh, Nick Mullins, Tua was ahead of him, <clears throat> all kinds of, I mean, Gardner Minshew, anybody. And, and it wasn't a coincidence. He just couldn't throw the ball accurately. He didn't get rid of it quickly. He didn't make a quick decision, read the defense quickly, and he didn't throw accurately. I mean, he set, I don't know if they track this, but I'm going to guess the NFL record for passes thrown at the feet of receivers. And, I was just talking to uh, somebody about this. Some um, my uh, my uh, former partner, sometimes friend, and uh, he he said, "How are the media, the the patriot friendly media, going to spin this?" And I said, "That is a good question. I'll track it, but it seems difficult. I'm going to guess they'll do this. They'll do two. They'll say um, there wasn't an, a better alternative. You know, there wasn't a lot of good free agents. There wasn't at 15, you're not going to draft a, a quarterback who starts right away. Uh, the teammates like him. He's, he's just learning the offense. He didn't have good weapons. Am I right? Are these the things you're going to hear from the Patriot friendly media? That's basically how they're going to dress it up. But nobody could tell me that they think he is going to show up next year and suddenly start throwing throwing darts, just you know, making great, accurate, quick throws. It just doesn't seem possible. It seems to me that there's he's going to get older. He's going to maybe he'll get banged up. Maybe he'll get hurt. He might have better weapons because he doesn't have he had terrible weapons. But Tom Brady often had 
bad weapons when he was here and made the most of it. It's going to be tough to dress this up. It's going to be tough to convince anybody that they're at, they're not at best the third best team in the division. I'm not saying they're worse than the Jets. That's hard to do, depending on who the Jets get at quarterback, but they are definitely not in the same conversation, same uh, league as the uh, is the Bills and probably not the Dolphins. We'll see what the Dolphins have at quarterback. If they have Deshaun Watson at quarterback, forget it. Their Patriots are locked in at third in the division. And it's hard to believe that Cam Newton, with the guys he's got around him, could lead them to 10, 11, 12 wins, which is what it'll take to win the division. This, to me, and I don't want to overstate it, this is the dumbest move I've, I can remember Bill Belichick making. It really is, because... Cam Newton, you're going to pay him for one year. That's good. $14 million, I guess, you know, for a starting quarterback. That's not too much. He's not going to be a backup. Tell me one guy who goes number one in the draft, who's former MVP, who went 15-1, and one, who went to a Super Bowl, who has any kind of confidence in himself, who says, okay, I'm, I'm 31. He'll be 32 in May. I'll back up. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll happily just hold the clipboard and help out that that young guy you brought in. He's not. He doesn't make sense as a backup. There's not the kind of guy who expects to be a backup at this point in his career and will and is going to happily go along with the plan. I mean, maybe you put him in competition with a young quarterback and he loses the competition and he has no choice. But you can't tell me you sign a guy like this and then say. We're going to bring in someone else. We're going to bring in whatever Gardner Minshew and uh, or Sam Darnold or some other cast off or someone else who got beaten out or got replaced by a by a top pick. And Newton's going to have you know willingly step back. He's not a backup. This is a, a this is your plan. Starting Cam Newton, who had eight touchdown passes last year, it makes no sense. I was convinced last year. I mean since. November that they were not going to bring him back. It just made no sense. I was 100% convinced they were moving on. I was shocked, shocked when I heard this news this morning that they were bringing him back and planning on starting him. It is going to be, uh, it already is, uh, not, not going over well with Patriot Nation. I'm not sure what the likes of you know, Jerry Thornton are going to say, how they're going to look at it optimistically. I, I guess... You know, he can't get worse. Is that, is that this the is the toughest, can't get any like, worse? This is the toughest in Belichick we trust defense time in the history I, of a of a Fitzy of the world. And it's just, I have no idea. I can't, I tweeted this out to somebody that I replied to one of his tweets. I have no right to be analyzing anybody's throwing motion, any QB. I have no right to do so. What I saw out of Cam Newton last year was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't think I've seen a high school quarterback have a worse. I mean, I've, I've seen, I mean, I was here for Scott Seacules. I saw plenty of bad quarterback and Tommy Hodson. Uh, but this is inexplicable because you already saw it and you have a chance to move on. I mean, he's, he was free. You had a chance to move on. As that little punk heckler said, you a free agent. You a free agent. And, and he said, and Cam Newton said, I'm rich, which he is. And the kid said, you're about to be poor. And I thought, he's not about to be poor, but he's about to take a job as a backup for $3 million somewhere. He took a job as a starter in New England for $14 million. If, I don't know, if, you know, my old friend Dick McPherson did this or, or if, uh, 
you know, Rod Rust era or I don't know, Patrick Sullivan did this or uh, Bobby Greer. You'd say, this is insane. The guy's an idiot. This is Bill Belichick doing this. Bill Belichick, the smartest man in the NFL, the greatest coach ever, looked at last season's performance from Cam Newton and said, we need some more of that. Now, I understand there's not a lot of options, but at least if you bring in a whatever, Gardner Minshew or Sam Darnold or a, a, a rookie, uh, uh, you say there's some hope. You coach him up. Josh McDaniels works with him. We saw Cam Newton's not suddenly going to get accurate. He was inaccurate, right? He was dreadfully inaccurate and slow. And and by the way, he, he made some really dumb decisions. He, he fumbled the ball away uh, on the last play against uh, was that the Bills. Uh, I mean, he had a terrible year, a terrible year. <laughs> and they want more of that. I don't get it. If this were someone else, we would absolutely say he's lost his mind. This is Bill Belichick doing this, and I don't remember. You're absolutely right. In Bill, we trust. It's, it's a tough a one. Real stretch. The only thing I'll say, the only thing I say about Cam Newton, and you, you hit it. You know, obviously everybody's saying it. Good teammate, and if anybody is going to work hard to improve of what happened last year and have the motivation, I'll give him that credit. From what I see of him, you know, on social media and stuff like that, he seems to have his head together the right way lately. And no question. Let's see. You know, there's there's, uh, there's no question, but I'm not sure if you just work at it that you can. Um, become accurate and suddenly become a really good. I'm trying, Terry, I'm trying. That's all. I'm I think that's, and I've seen Belichick do dumb things. He brought in Albert Hainsworth. He brought in Ocho Cinco. These don't affect the team. I mean, I think Hainsworth got cut before the season started. It cost him a bunch of money. I don't know what it was. Six, eight million bucks. Chad Ocho Cinco was terrible. You know, it was a Belichick, you know, throw, you know, just throwing stuff against the wall didn't work out. It didn't derail the team. When you have a quarterback that you uh, declared, uh, name your starter, you pay him a fair amount of money, 14 million bucks, and he continues to stink, you derail your team. This is a, this move, if it works out the way I think it's going to work out poorly, it's much worse than Albert Hainsworth or, you know, drafting, you know, Chad Jackson or, or Nikhil Harry or, or investing in, in, in Hainsworth or, um, or, or, or Ocho Cinco or Joey Galloway. I mean, there's been some mistakes. Naturally, there's going to be. It's 20 years. The guy's been here 20 years, 21 years. But this makes no sense because here we are sitting here in mid-March saying they got no shot. I'm shocked that he did this. And I said this when he let Brady walk. I was wrong. Belichick was wrong. I said, Belichick is almost always right when he evaluates veteran talent, lets them go a year too soon rather than a year too late. Clearly, I'm, not, you know, I'm stating the obvious, but he was wrong about Brady. Brady still had it. Brady won the Super Bowl. Brady looks like he could do it again next year. He's defying the odds. He's defying us all, everybody. And Cam Newton is only uh, 12, years, 12 years younger than Brady, and it appears he doesn't have it in him anymore. He was an MVP, but it, but you know, it wasn't all through the air. He's a terrific runner, tough guy, good leader. That doesn't matter. They, they, they need a good passing quarterback. And apparently, you know what else this means? That means Jared Stidham stinks too. Cause if they saw as much as Stidham as they did in practice and, and in some of the games and, and decided he has, you know, no shot at being a decent starter, 
then they went to this plan, which was bring back Cam Newton, which means Stidham stinks too. And I guess they evaluated what was out there and decided nothing was any better. But it must well, look, on, look, on the bright, look on the bright side. At least that uh, at least Dale Arnold had a nice sporty topic to talk about on his last day. To save the, yeah, save them from having to talk about you know his thirty year run in in Boston, which is which is too bad. Is uh, to me this is. It, it kind of cuts the heart out of, uh, you know, it's a kick in the nuts to Patriot Nation because they were kind of holding out. And, you know, it was a big discussion. It was a big debate. And who do you bring in? Do you draft someone at 15? Do you trade up? Do you, do you, do you draft? Do you wait for the Jets to trade, uh, to draft someone and trade for Darnold? Or obviously the Jaguars drafting Trevor Lawrence, trade for Minshew. I mean, there was other things, other options out there. You heard about Mitch Trubisky and you said, if Belichick and McDaniels like that guy, Sam Darnold or Minshew, you'd say, ooh, there's hope. They could coach him up. They could get the best out of him. That's all gone. That's all gone. We are sitting here mid-March saying in September the start is going to be Cameron Newton, who sucked last year. Let's be honest. You could say you know, he ran the ball effectively or whatever. He did the best he could with what he had around him. But And I'm not just comparing it to, to Brady. I'm comparing him to the average NFL quarterback. Again, I guess, you know, touchdown passes aren't the uh, most important statistic, but uh, tell me what he did other than run the ball. He was damn good, you know, running the ball, tough run. You know, he had an 82 rating in this NFL these days. He threw for 177 yards per game. That stinks. Uh <laughs> It, it, there was just nothing good about it. Total of twenty six hundred yards. That's something like Otto Graham did in you know nineteen fifties. I mean, it's just a dreadful season. And the one good thing I think people says, oh, it was one year, one year bridge to somebody else, and you know it was bound to happen. The guy after Tom Brady was bound to look bad, and he did. And the idea, the best part was, you were done. He was, it was gone. You had him for a year, and he was gone. Nope, he's back. And what's I don't your best? Know. What's your best guess to uh, Bob Kraft's response to this? That's a good question. We were just thought. That's I mean, good. Kraft clearly leaves these things up to uh, up to Belichick. He's not a meddler, despite what some people used to think. Like like Jerry Jones. I don't know, man. That's a good. I guess here's here's what if you're Kraft or John Jonathan Kraft, Bob Kraft, you're thinking maybe at number fifteen we get a quarterback, or maybe even in the second round. And because Cam is such a good guy, good leader, you say um, he'll be good for him. He'll show him how it's done. He'll show him how to deal with everything. He'll, you know, show him how to work out in the weight room. Cam's jacked, and and you know, show up early and stay late and treat people with respect and watch video. And I mean, he could still do that, right? He could still set a good example. He just can't make a, a accurate throw on a fifteen yard. Uh, the only way you're selling that to Bob Kraft is if he's setting a good example to the next guy. That's it. That's the only yeah. argument because, I mean, we have a, a fan base that is miserable as hell right now, and you're going to tell them that Cam Newton is the starting quarterback. And, oh, yeah, let's fill this. When everything opens back up, right, we're going to fill the stadium with right. Cam Newton. Like, come on. Like, there's got to be, I don't know, Bob Kraft has is, is got to be sold. Well, it, I mean, know. it will be. It's way too early to uh, to say, but that game – Tampa at New England is going to be wild. That'll be the biggest uh, story. I don't know, but it'll be, 
I don't know. And you know, the records will be, maybe Newton will be hurt. Maybe Brady will be hurt then. But if Brady, if they're both starting, they're both playing. I mean, that will be wild. If people come in and start, uh, start rooting for rooting for Brady. Um, do we know when that we don't know? Do we, do we have a, that it's Tampa Bay at New England. I have that correct. Right. Yes. It is Tampa Bay. Anyway, let me look at. Let me see if it. I don't think they've announced the schedule, yeah, right? I don't think they have a date. I'm looking at the uh, official schedule of the New England Patriots. Um, but I mean, oh no, we do. We do. Oh no, we don't. We don't. Uh, just, whatever. They'll. I mean, it'll be. It'll be. It'll be wild. People will be. I don't know. It'll be more than fifty percent, but there will be a large portion of the crowd rooting for Tom Brady, and. Uh, Booing Bill Belichick. I'm sorry. This is simply, I don't want to overstate it. Don't want to uh, be, go too far on this one, but it's the dumbest thing I've seen Belichick do ever. <laughs> That's all. Just yeah, the wrap, it, wrap, wrap the topic in a bow. It's just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Just the dumbest not, thing ever. Uh, which brings me to um, the first national address uh, by by uh, Joe Biden to the nation. Um, it was a pre-recorded, scripted, read on the teleprompter. It doesn't count. He still hasn't done a press conference. He still hasn't done a State of the Union. He still hasn't answered a question from a hostile reporter, which maybe he'll never do. Uh, he did a fine job, I guess, reading the teleprompter for 20 minutes. But I, I, I tweeted this, and I'll say it again. There's no speaker, no certainly no president, no politician that I can remember whose speeches were as depressing and uninspiring as those of one of, of Joe Biden. I mean, just it's just dour. I mean, he predicted a long dark winter, and I guess that's his thing to to be a pessimist, to be to not get people's hopes up. That you know, Trump's. I guess that was Trump's mistake. He would say, "We're going to get through this. Everything will be fine." It's the opposite with Biden. You know, we're all going to die. It, it was just dour and depressing. But the one takeaway and I, that I had at the time and a lot of other people, the thing that discourages me the most about America in the era of Trump and the era of lockdowns and, 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 and tyrannical blue state governors is the, the level of complicity, the level of submission, the, the docile nature of people when they hear from their leaders and their leaders, leaders say things like, if you do everything right, we're going to, uh, I'm going to play it, but if you do everything right, we will allow you to spend 4th of July with friends and family. I heard it live when I'm watching Bud and I'm going, how did we get to this point where people look to the president and say, oh good, he's going to let us have friends over on the 4th of July for a cookout. I mean, that's I know public schools aren't teaching you know, history or civics or uh, political science like they used to. But does anybody really think you need a government official, the president, to tell you that you can have your family over on the freaking Fourth of July? It was outrageous, and he said it so matter of factly. I, I was like, like just it's infuriating. And I, I was glad to see a lot of people like me mocking our benevolent dictator for being so gracious as to allow us all to gather on the 4th of July. We don't need permission, people. I'm, I don't know if you're aware of that. We don't need the president to tell us we can have our family over in the backyard 
for for burgers and hot dogs. That's I, I mean, obviously that's a really all American thing to do. But it, you could do it today. You could do it tonight. You could do it tomorrow. You don't need a governor or a mayor, or certainly not the president, to tell you it's okay. And by the way, <clears throat> you know he's he's taking credit for all the things Trump did and all the things the you know the Pfizer and Merck and. Johnson and Johnson did. It's got nothing to do with him. Obviously, he's not doing much. He's kind of being led around by the elbow by his wife and others. But it's already to the point where people feel like we're going to be back. We're going to be fine. Lots of people are getting vaccinated. People have gotten the virus, gotten the antibodies. People are actually, you know, most people, everyone knows that schools should be open. Everyone knows there's, you really don't have a thing to worry about if you go outside, play outside, you know, you, if you play sports, if you run, you can do that safely. We all know that. So we're all on the right track anyway. It's not optimistic to say we're all going to be going to Fourth of July parties, cookouts, and not, not thinking twice. I guess he wants to take credit for it. But to me, when he said he was going to allow us all to get together, it was the most outrageous and it's an indication of how people think, people like him think like, okay, we're in complete control now. We'll let you know when you can live your life. But let's hear from uh, Sleepy Joe last night in his 20-minute uh, uh, scripted uh, speech, which he, he, I guess he got through it fine. He didn't, uh, you know, his teeth didn't fall out. He didn't wander off stage. He didn't wet himself. He made it through. So congratulations, Joe. I need you. I need every American to do their part. And that's not hyperbole. I need you. I need you to get vaccinated when it's your turn and when you can find an opportunity. And to help your family, your friends, your neighbors get vaccinated as well. Because here's the point. If we do all this, if we do our part, if we do this together, by July the 4th, there's a good chance you, your families and friends, We'll be able to get together in your backyard or in your neighborhood and have a cookout and a barbecue and celebrate Independence Day. That doesn't mean large events with lots of people together, but it does mean small groups will be able to get together. After this long, hard year, that will make this Independence Day something truly special. Oh, that's just insane. I mean... In most of the country, you know, in Florida, they've been doing that the whole time. In Texas and wherever, Mississippi and, you know, South Dakota, they've been doing it all along. They don't need him to say, okay, go time, have a have a barbecue. And I, I'm not surprised that he did, that he says this, that he thinks this, or the people behind the scenes think this, this will let you know when you can live. I'm just surprised that anybody would hear that and think, oh, good, he's going to let us get together with our family. How does everyone not hear that and think like I do, like how outrageous that is? But whatever, it was a depressing speech. I guess we'll expect more of that when he next time he comes out and reads the teleprompter for, for 20 minutes. It'll be more of this doom and gloom and, and dour uh, assessment of, of of the country. But it, I don't think he, I don't think if you were concerned and wondering whether he had the cognitive ability to to, to give a speech, you're still concerned because all he did was read with this 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 dour look read the teleprompter for 20 minutes and 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 shuffle off stage we'll see if he can make it through an hour-long state of the union or god forbid a press conference so i i i I saw this live last night but i missed a little bit of the reaction of it because of child care hell this morning but is that confirmed was it a pre-recorded speech he did that was confirmed 
It was not live. It was written for him by whoever, and he came out and read the teleprompter and did the old man walk. I was. Uh, did they disclose that on live TV? I feel like you're supposed to disclose that. No. Um, I don't know if they disclosed. It. I think it was. Uh, you know, the uh, the word broke earlier in the day that he was recording it. It was going to yeah. be released at. Uh, uh, the gate o'clock is that one? Of, yeah, because uh, Tucker, Tucker is you see, yeah, his facial the thing where he, they put yeah. Tucker in the box in the corner and he, yeah. he made facial expressions <laughs> and reacted to the uh, to the speech. And it was you know predictable. A lot of the crazy lefties, you know, CNNs and MSNBCs and Rob Reiner's, and they were all saying it, oh, it was so great to have a an adult you know give a speech. But with Biden, there's no like, there's no emotion. There's no you know, any moment of humor, or, you know, it just is, there's no smile. It's just this tower. Oh, it's been an awful winter, but I, we have a vaccine. You're going to help your neighbors get the vaccine. How do you do that? When you hold them down, how do you help your neighbor? I don't know if, uh, I don't know if dower is even the word. Cause it's like watching it. One, it was depressing Two, It was like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, this man is trying as hard as he possibly can to pull this off. You know what I mean? Like he's, yeah. he's giving his a effort in a pre-recorded speech. It's just, it's sad. <laughs> How is that going to work yeah. if he ever does a press conference? And I realize that uh, most of the questions will be from his supporters, his friends, his acolytes, who will be hoping to get him through. But there will be one or two tough questions that will knock him off his game, and that will be ugly. It is funny, though. You think of a presidential speech, whoever it is, whether it's Obama or Reagan, there's always, and if, if it's written in advance, there's always some one-liners, you know, some humor in there where you get a chance to chuckle, <laughs> With him, there's none of that. It's just, uh, uh, I mean, just it's it's just a very depressing presentation. And and how is that going to work a year from now, two years from now? It just seems, to use his word, it seems dark, dark and hopeless. His yep. words. But anyway, hey, great news just uh, breaking here on this Friday is uh, a seventh accuser. So now, uh, I said yesterday that Cuomo. Uh, Killer Cuomo had enough accusers to make a hockey team. Now he's got someone coming off the bench. He's got a seventh accuser, and AOC and Gerald Nadler can, uh, came out against him. The walls are really closing in. Our girl Janice Dean is uh, leading the charge, and she is winning, winning, winning. Cuomo's not going to survive. He's not going to quit. He's going to get impeached or arrested, but it's just every day a seventh. You know what that means? That it makes it easier for eight, nine, and ten. <laughs> They're just going to keep coming, and I'm not sure at what point what the breaking point is. But congratulations to uh, the wonderful, smiling weather lady because uh, she is kicking ass, and Cuomo is struggling. The walls are closing in on Killer Cuomo, and it is a wonderful, it is a glorious thing to see. After you know, all he did was kill fifteen thousand seniors. They're coming to get him for, uh, you know, grabbing some underlings uh, breast or whatever he did, reached under her shirt now, but he is such scum. The question, you know what the question is going to become with him is how long does Chris Cuomo last? Because he was part of the cover-up and you can't look at him without saying, you know, did he help his brother, you know, uh, cover this up? And he did. And hopefully, you know, he'll have... Uh, it is day of reckoning too, but uh, I before we go, before we wrap up this uh, emergency weekend podcast, um, 
Uh, my old colleague, I guess I worked with him for 20 years, Dale Arnold, got uh, shown the door this week from my old station, WEEI. The day before, Danielle, a, a woman on the morning show, you know, my old time slot, she got the boot, which is too bad. Every, she's just a nice, nice person. Didn't work with her. I mean, I worked down the hall and saw her all the time, and she was, couldn't have been nicer. Everyone likes her. I don't really get that one. I know she didn't make a lot of money, and I know people really, really liked her and thought she did a good job. I'm not sure why they, you know, thought that was a good place to to start cutting or resume cutting. Well, she said. I mean, are you implying this, Jerry? I mean, she said she's going to start a flower business. Oh, right, right, yes. right. Yeah, start, oh, yeah. And, and Dale just wanted to spend more time at Papoose Pond. <laughs> Dale Arnold was there thirty. I was there twenty-two full time. He was there 30 years. He most of the time we were there together a lot. He was on the show after mine. So I spent a lot of time with Dale. I'm not going to go like, you know, my former, former uh, partner, sometimes friend would do and just kill him and kick him. Cause you know, we were, we were friends and Dale wrote me a nice note when they, when they got rid of me and Dale was showed up when, you know, my parents died and things like that. You remember and Dale, Dale's not getting enough credit for this. Obviously, it didn't go well when his latest with his latest partner, Rich Keefe, and he didn't exactly, uh, you know, set the world on fire with with Michael Holly before that. But there was a day I'm not sure if you remember where he was on with Eddie Andelman, and they had a show that you just didn't want to miss. They were number one. They had huge numbers um, for a few years, and it was. Um, you think that we had some, some battles on the air with Dino and me and later on, uh, Dale and Eddie was every day was intense. It was wild. One or the other would be storming out of the studio and Dale is a great debater when he wants to be, he is smart and he is vicious. And I would, uh, always hope that he could kind of do the same thing with his later partners. Eddie was too crazy and Eddie was getting old. So Eddie obviously wasn't going to last forever. And I just wished Dale and he would get annoyed at me when I'd say would go after his other partners the way he went after Eddie and fight. Cause those were, those were great debates. And I would literally be like in one room listening and I'd run in and I'd go in the next room and I'd turn the radio on in another room or I'd sit in my car and listen. Cause these two genuinely hated each other and they would go at it and to go toe to toe with Eddie who was crazy and you know vicious in, in his own right is not easy and Dale did it every day and we we had huge numbers in the morning and they did in the, in the middays and Glenn did in the afternoon and the whole station was riding high for a, a good stretch and Dale was a big part of that and uh, I'm not surprised that they move, that they chose him he probably makes too much money and they're going to start lopping off heads because the numbers suck. And I'm sure he makes a lot more. they made a lot more than his, than Rich Keefe. And he probably makes a lot more than the guy replacing him, but nothing will change. They're bringing in Andy Gresh, who used to be on the other station. Nothing will change. They'll have the same, you know, boring tone the whole day. Uh, Dale will do his Bruins gig uh, on Nesson and, and, and do all, you know, probably have all kinds of side gigs. Um, it, it was a perfect testament to, we've talked about this before the show a little bit uh, about when EEI just, uh, and obviously it's the talk of the media Boston circles, but the fact that they 
chose to stay on AM for as long as they did. Dale is a prime example of that because people's perception of what Dale is, if you're under the age of probably 40 years old, is totally different than everybody else's probably. Right. And right, you, right. you just mentioned that Dale and Holly didn't set the world on fire. I, I I thought it was a good show personally, and it was just, but it was just different times. It was, you know, it was different content back then. I know yours was consistent in the morning, but sporty radio was a little different. I knew a lot I know, of but I, I liked, you know, obviously I liked when there was intensity and tension yeah. and, and, yeah. and fights and whether they're you know, like, I can't even imagine Dale Arnold fighting somebody, though. Like, I can't even. I, oh, I, I trust me, he could do it. He could do it, and he, you know, he has it in him. You know, he's not. He's he's no you know, pushover. He he could debate. He could fight. And Eddie was the same way. And they genuinely hated each other. And I would be there. One or the other would be storming out, yelling, and I love that stuff. You would have loved yeah. it. Yep. You would have loved it. You know, clearly it worked. They had a, a huge audience. I remember. Clint Ordway put them together and Eddie was pissed and everyone, you know, I don't want I'm and everyone was like, that's a strange combination. And you know why it worked? Cause they neither, cause they didn't like each other and they didn't get along and it, they just didn't hold back. It, it worked. And I wish there were some of that today. It's, it's kind of a lost art. You don't hear a lot of shows like that where people just go toe to toe and battle and, uh, and don't, you know, genuinely don't get along it, it worked and you're right people don't remember it it was a long time ago but uh, there was a day where dale's you know in the middays absolutely kicked ass and it's a it's like a footnote now you just think of the last couple of years where it's been boring and i mean it, it, it's it's inevitable that they're going to make changes and dale won't be the last guy i'm not sure how much everyone makes but that's what they're going to look at say who makes the mo- you know, who makes too much here? You got to go because they just aren't putting up the numbers and it won't get any better. Clearly, they don't have any smart plan. They're just going to bring in Andy Gresh and Andy Gresh is going to sit down with Rich Keefe and they're going to talk about last night's Bruins game and no one's going to listen. And, the number- and you know, good for uh, no no risk taking. No, there will be no risk taking. There will be no chances. And and by the way, as, uh, as you know, the Murchison effect where you um, you upset somebody and they'll come after your average. That's still in, in effect where you can't take any chances or they won't, I should say, take any chances because they're afraid that there might be, you know, some bad publicity. There might be an activist they upset. There might be somebody who starts harassing their advertisers. They might upset the Boston Globe, which is another amazing thing. They gave the damn story to the Boston Globe. The outfit that act that had people, an editor and a reporter, spend their working hours harassing EEI's advertisers in an attempt to put EEI out of business. That same place, the Boston Globe, they now pay a globally to be on the air in EEI. The same organization that tried to put EEI out of EEI out of business, and they're feeding them stories. Yeah, you just gotta come to ter- you just gotta come and to come to terms with that. They're in business together now. They're they're all they're in business together. There was a time when the globe actively tried to put EEI out of business, and the owner of EEI did nothing. Didn't call the globe. Didn't call John Henry and say, "What are you doing?" You know, I thought we're together in this. We're doing the Red Sox. We're kissing your ass. I mean, it's remarkable what they let the globe do to them, and now they turn around and give the globe stories and give the globe money. It's stunning. I mean, that to me is tells you a lot about the the mindset, the mentality of uh, of uh, my old radio station. But 
Anyway, I'll say this because I took some heat. I gave Dale credit. And, you know, my people that are, you know, people know me because of filling in for Kirk and for you. And they just think I'm going to bash Dale. I I have a a positive memory of Dale on the radio with Dale and Holly. My biggest memory is him on Bruins play by play where I'm going to be honest with you. Him and Gord Kluzak were great together. They were he's a great. He's much better than Jack Edwards. Much oh, better. absolutely. I hate Jack now. I think it's and, more. And, Jack. And, and, you know, he's one of the best at, at hockey. I know he brags about doing all five teams. Uh, like, how, whatever. Who, who does the New England Revolution? Who cares? But yeah. anyway, he did every team. And he's a great hockey play-by-play announcer. He should be the guy instead of Jack. And I know you did that. You tweeted that and ranked him. Yep. I'm just going to tell you, you're too young. Bob Wilson was the best. He was number I, I, one. I did not. I honest to God. Bob Wilson was number one, and he was. I'm biased because he was a great guy, but it wasn't even close. Look, he was, look he Fred was, Cusick is right over my head. See, I got the. I'm he, a Fred uh, Cusick guy. I'm sorry. Bob Wilson was Doc Emmerich level great, and oh. but Dale's, you know, top you, whatever, top three, and he should be doing games today. He's really good at it. But my only point was he was really good at uh, the daily talk show host back in the day. When they stuck with guys that he liked and they got along with it, it just psh, didn't work. Didn't work. But there was a day when it did. And uh, congratulations to Dale on a 30-year run. Um, maybe uh, you know, maybe he'll be back in some form. But uh, we'll see him on Nesson. We'll see him on Nesson. And uh, now I don't have to write him a note. Can't but, say he didn't. I mean, two job, two full-time jobs, right? So you can't say he didn't work, you know, work hard. You know, I don't know. And he has I'm a sure. book out now about uh, Sean, with Sean Thornton. Oh, does he really? Sean Thornton's biography by Dale Arnold. Yeah, hmm. yeah, yeah. Which is, you know, what someday we always say somebody's going to write the history of EEI. Maybe Dale will be the guy. He did a chapter about it in his last Bruins book, and uh, it was good talking about all the madness at EEI. But someday someone's going to go in depth about everything about. Dino and Eddie and the old big show and all the behind the scenes madness. There's a lot there. There's a lot there, but maybe, yeah, maybe Dale will do that. Maybe Dale and that together. We'll, we'll, we'll co-write the history of WEEI. Are you going to write him? You said he wrote you a note. Are you going to write him a long note? I just said that. I don't have to now. I just, I just told oh. my whole side. I don't oh. have to. No, maybe I will. I will. Yeah. That's I a nice, will. you know, nothing beats a handwritten note. That's a classy move. My old, you know, my old partner, sometimes friend won't be happy because he he wants to torture Dale and, and, and haunt and haunt his dreams. And he will, but, but Dale got a farewell show. Danielle got a farewell show. I never got a farewell show. Glenn got like three days and they <laughs> hired him back the next year. And uh, Glenn kept saying like he, he was going to like dirt or like rag on people and tell like crazy stories and saying doesn't do anything. Not Dale, uh, Glenn. And doesn't do it. He, he didn't go out with any shots. No, no. And I'm sure Dale didn't either, but uh, that's why they let you do a <laughs> farewell show. Yes. They, they know it's safe. And, uh, he better be quick with it because pretty soon there's going to be other farewell shows. I think that will be a regular thing at uh, my old station. There will be a uh, farewell show for somebody, uh, you know, probably weekly for the time being until they clean house. And uh, that was, that is no surprise. I'm not, again, I'm not sure who makes the most, but that person is uh, on the uh, endangered list, whoever they are. But uh, all right, Colin, I know you uh, got things to do. I appreciate you taking uh a little bit of time on this Friday to do this emergency Callahan podcast. And I want to say thanks to our, it was commercial free, by the way, that's another big bonus. However, I want to thank all our great sponsors. I want to thank shake concrete DCU and allied paving and GovX and Pluto TV, because 
just let me tell you, you don't have to, you know, I don't have to go into details, but these are great companies who stick with us. These are great, loyal companies run by great, loyal people who do get, who do get pestered, who do get harassed. That still goes on. Um, someday maybe we'll go into detail again the way we once did, but that still goes on and these people stand up, they show a little spine and they hang with us and we appreciate it. So you can support us by supporting them. All right. I appreciate it. And, uh, I, you know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It is, it is great that they stick with us, but, uh, that will do it for this emergency podcast. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan podcast, and we will talk to you again soon. Why am I stopping? You, no one else stops. I don't, I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan podcast. Angie's list is now Angie, your home for everything home. Angie still has the same top pros and reviews you've counted on for more than 20 years. Only now you'll also get access to all the tools you need to make your home a happy place. Inside, outside, big or small, Angie helps you find the right solution for whatever you need done, all from your phone. It's simple to find upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. You can even search pricing guides to see what others paid for similar jobs and easily compare quotes from top local pros to make sure you're getting a fair price. From lawn care to repairing the AC to the project of your dreams, Angie has your home projects handled from start to finish. Plus, when you book and pay through Angie, they'll cover your project up to the full purchase price plus limited damage protection with their happiness guarantee. Make your home an Angie home. Check out Angie.com today. And for more on the happiness guarantee, go to Angie.com forward slash happiness hyphen guarantee dot htm. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. During our lowest prices of the season, the new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Only for a limited time. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.